Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Yeah, so we, we started talking about the blood and how that Jesus is the mediator between uh, God and man for better things. Some would say better things. Alright, the blood of Jesus. Now I'm going to talk about... Uh, something I'm caught in between titling it uh, the blood of sprinkling or the voice of the blood. But you can take any topic as the message blesses you. Yeah, yeah. The voice, uh, the, the voice of the blood. I, I hope you know that the blood has a voice. Yeah, the blood has a voice and we're going to see that in scriptures. Um, but before I start to talk, I want to correct a notion, especially with the Pentecostal church, uh, especially when we pray and we say things like this, I, I, I sprinkle the blood of Jesus on top of the house. I cover my car with the blood of Jesus. You know why the house is quiet? Because almost everybody prays that prayer. So I understand where you are. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, I covered the road with the blood of Jesus. My dear brother and friend, we don't cover the road with the blood of Jesus. I used to pray that before. Amen. Amen. Yes, I used to pray that before. Uh, uh, the, the blood is not coltar. Amen. Yeah, or oh, I cover my house with the blood of Jesus. The blood is not a paint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you don't have the courage to laugh because you don't have facts. I understand. I understand. You don't have the courage to laugh because you think I'm wrong. Hmm? But I brought my amen and right on in my pocket. And, uh, and priest is here with me, Shondavala. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. So, uh, people of God, you don't cover the car with the blood. Because if you cover the car with the blood, how is the driver going to see Amen, amen. So, the car is not meant to have the blood covered with it. Amen? amen. Say amen, somebody. Amen. I can see people who are not saying amen. amen. Let me tell you something. If you say amen, you have not blasphemed to what I just said. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you notice, I'm saying praise the Lord and I'm answering myself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> the blood of sprinkling glory to God Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 to Jesus okay let's start from verse 20 let's start from verse 20 for they could not endure what was commanded and if so, much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. I hope you know what mountain this is. Who knows what mountain this is? This is the mountain of Sinai. This is Mount Sinai where the law was given. Yeah, so you can see the things that followed um, Mount Sinai. Yeah, stay, stay back still at that place. It's and so terrifying. Verse 21. And so terrifying. You know, you know God, is not, God is not terrifying. 
No, he's your father. He's with, he's with outstretched arms, willing to receive you every time and every given moment of the day. God is not, God is not trying to hit you with a sledgehammer because you missed it. That's not God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not my father. The Bible says that he has accepted you in the beloved. So you are already accepted in the beloved. So God is, not, God is not waiting for you to make a mistake and then he slices you into six different parts for burnt offering because you messed up. That's not who God is. But if you, if you notice the emotion of what happened in Mount Sinai, it says, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid. Now this is Moses. This is, this is the one, this is the custodian of the law. He says, I am exceedingly what? Afraid and trembling. Have you come to church before and you were afraid before? Because you, you, you felt that God was watching you with a telescope and he saw every move that you made. And the moment you came to church, the first thing you said to yourself is, who am I? I'm not worthy. Who am I to be here? But you remember the Bible says, come boldly. Yeah, it says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you might. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, so God is not trying to scare you. He's not trying to make you afraid. God is not trying to hit you because you messed up. Mm, the pastor is going somewhere. Next verse. Now, somebody say, but. Shout, but. But you have come to Mount Zion. Now, the bot there introduces a different kind of place from what he was talking about before. Are you still here? So he says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, you, have, you are not trying to come to Mount Zion. Do you know where Mount, Mount Zion is God's presence? You have come, you are in there already. He says, but we have come to Mount Zion. So, you are not trying to get into God's presence. I'm not trying to be or walk into God's presence. I'm already there. Talk back to me, somebody. I'm already in God's presence. Are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, you know the story. When Jesus died, the veil was torn into two. What is he trying to say? That since the veil is torn in two, you can now boldly come in. You can come into a place where the high priest could only go into once in a year. So you are now in God's presence. And as a matter of fact, God left that place and he came in here. Alright? So God is in here now. So he says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. We are there already. Somebody say, I'm there already. So that's where we are. Next verse. To the general assembly of the church, of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Then see verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator. Hallelujah. We, have, we are there already. We have come there already. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of what? Say this word after me. To the blood of what? Shout it loud. To the blood of what? Sprinkling. To the blood of what? Sprinkling. 
Now, the Bible says that you have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel spoke. The blood of Jesus is speaking now. Now, see, see. The blood of sprinkling, it is, it is present continuous. Are, are you following what I'm trying to show you here? It is present continuous. That's why it says that speak. Because if it is... Now, there is two things here. There is the shed blood and there is the blood of sprinkling. Two different dimensions. The shed blood is what brought you into Zion. Now, when you come into Zion, what you find in there is the blood of sprinkling. So, when you talk about the legal, the vital sides of redemption, for example, the legal side of redemption is what legally authenticates your right as being righteous in Christ. Legally. So, legally, it is about what God has done in Christ. But vitally, it is about what the Holy Spirit is doing in you because of what he has done. Do do you understand what I'm saying? So what God is doing in you is because of what he has done in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? So healing your body now is not a new work. Healing your body now is not fresh. Healing your body now is possible because the healing was already done. So, I can only take what has happened. So, faith will take from what grace has provided. Are you you getting what I'm saying? So, peace now, there's a difference between the peace of God and peace with God. Peace with God is what he did in Christ Jesus. But the peace of God is what you have by the working of the Holy Spirit in you. So if you have peace in you, it's because you have peace with him. So the blood of sprinkling is because of the shed blood. Do you you understand what I'm saying? So the shed blood is not just, and I hope you know the difference between the blood of Jesus and the blood of bulls and goats. The blood of bulls and goats could only atone, but the blood of Jesus is remission. Do you know what remission is? There is no trace that it happened. That what God should flog you for is there. Because your sin got put on Jesus. Jesus died, came out a different person. Where's the, where's the sin? If any man is in Christ, the new there is that it did not exist. So when you hear things like this and you're saying, huh? Are you sure this pastor is not misleading people? <laughs> it is because it is good news. What is the meaning of the gospel? Gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's too good to be true that you are sitting down to say, are you sure you are saying the right thing? We are saying the right thing. Amen. So the Bible says that we have come to the blood of sprinkling. Glory to God. So the shed blood gave you the doorway into Christ. But now that you have come into Mount Zion, the blood is not just shed to bring you in, but the blood is speaking now. So, if you have the past ministry of Jesus, for example, you also have the present day ministry of Jesus. 
Because Jesus is still in ministry now. Who knows, who knows what the ministry of Jesus is? What's the ministry of Jesus? Intercession. That's his basic ministry. So he's functioning strongly as a high priest now. Interceding for you. Now, if Jesus is interceding for you, he's talking with the blood of sprinkling. That's what is going on right now. So you have come to the blood of sprinkling. Hallelujah. You know, when I celebrate Jesus, I celebrate God for what he has done and what he is doing now. We have come to the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I feel like celebrating Jesus here right now. Let's celebrate Jesus in this house. Oh, glory to God. Let me show you something in Genesis chapter 4 verse 10. Genesis chapter 4 verse 10. Genesis 4 10. He says, and he said, what have you done? This is uh, God talking to, uh, to Cain now. What have you done? The voice of your brother, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So blood talks. Do you understand? Whenever, whenever blood is shed, spirits are summoned. Yeah, that's why people who are mediums, they understand how to uh, bring about communication between the spirit world and the natural. So there has to be the shedding of blood so that there is communication between the spirit world and the natural. Because blood has a voice. So whenever blood is shed, there is the summoning of spirits. So even the demonic world understands that, and we as believers, we understand that. But guess what? We don't need to shed blood. The blood has already been shed. And I hope you know spirits are summoned already for your sake. Why do you think the Bible says that you have come unto Mount Zion, then you have come to the blood of sprinkling, then you have come to the innumerable company of... What are angels? Ministries, they are activated on your behalf. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Angels are activated on your behalf to work things out for you. Glory to God. So, the blood of Abel started to talk from the ground. But I, I wrote down here some comparisons between um, um, Abel and, and Jesus. Can I list them out for you? Okay, the first one is, Abel was a shepherd. How many of you uh, know that Abel was a shepherd? He, he was a shepherd. I mean, he led sheep and it was out of his stock that, you know, he gave sacrifice. Yeah? Abel was a shepherd. And Jesus Christ is also what? Our good shepherd who has given his life for the sheep. Is that correct? So we're looking at the similarities between Abel um, and Jesus. Um, secondly, uh, Abel died a very violent death uh, by the, at the hand of a relative. Uh, who, killed, who killed Abel? I mean, yeah, who killed Abel? Cain was the brother of Abel that killed him. And I hope you know Jesus also died a violent death at the hand of Abel, Abel died by a close relative, by his brother. Tie this thing together. Who killed Jesus? He came to his own. His own rejected him. It was his relatives that killed him. Are you getting the picture? Number three, Abel's blood cried and God heard it. Jesus' blood speaks and God hears it. One is past tense, one is present continuous. Abel's blood cried. Jesus' blood speaks. Level. <laughs> Level. I can imagine Jesus' blood there and no fish out. 
You know, I'll just say it and it will, it will, it will be the same and more effect than the crying of, <laughs> of hey, don't mind me, amen. But do you understand what I'm saying? Abel's blood was what? It was crying. It says it cries out to me from the ground. But Jesus' blood speaks. But the most important thing that you should know there is that both of them, their blood speaks or it talks. It has a voice. Another similarity is that Abel testified of the righteousness of God. How do we tie this to Jesus? Jesus is the righteousness of God. Do you understand that? I wrote down the contrast between Abel and Jesus. Abel died by force. This is contrast now. Walk with me here. How did Jesus die? Yes, they didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't kill, they didn't kill Jesus. He laid down his life. Do you understand it? In fact, when they came and they wanted to kill him, and he said, I am here, they all fell. So nobody could kill him. But on the cross, Jesus had to die twice to die. Because if he did not die the first death, the second death won't work. What's the first death? The first death is when sin came on him. And at that point, spiritually, in quote, he died. Because if he did not die spiritually, he wouldn't die physically. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know why Adam was killable? Or why Adam was dieable? Adam was dieable because sin entered his blood. So if you notice, death began to gain strength in time. So people who lived earlier, lived longer. Are you getting this? So that as you came down time, you see that the years of their life became shorter. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so from 875 years to 600 years, down to 400 years, down to 300 years, and now 120, and then 75. God forbid 50. God forbid 25. God forbid as you are born. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? But the, the power of sin, what I'm trying to tell, tell you is that the power of sin has a progressive strength. That in, in time, it, it goes stronger and it affects the corruption of the body. But you, you see, the reverse is when you talk about righteousness. Because God is winning by the day. Do you understand that? So, how do you work this contrast? Abel died by force. Jesus died willingly. That's number one. Number two, Abel died because of his sacrifice. So, work with me now. Abel died because of his sacrifice. Jesus. Jesus was sacrifice. Number three, Abel's blood cried out for revenge. What is Jesus' blood crying out for? So when the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel, he's saying that Abel's blood was saying, avenge my death. Do to me what my brother did to me. And he came to God. But the blood of Jesus is saying, forgive them. 
And guess what? The blood of Jesus is speaking louder than the blood of Abel. Louder. Abel's blood, number four, Abel's blood spoke against one man. And who is that man? Cain. Jesus' blood is speaking for many. If I the whole world. Can I ask you a question? When were we reconciled? I, I, I told you this on Wednesday. Those of you who were listening to me. When were you reconciled? Father Lord, I receive you. I confess you as Lord and Savior. I receive you today. Have mercy upon me. In Jesus' name. Your word says, I'm, I'm acting altar call for you. Your word says, um, what does the word say? <laughs> Your word says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And the pastor now says, I'll see you in heaven. Go. You're now a saved man. And then you turn. Is that when you got reconciled? When did you get reconciled? Your reconciliation did not start when you received Christ. Uh-huh. Can I keep preaching? Your reconciliation did not start when you received Christ. When you received Christ, you came into your reconciliation. Two different things. I showed you the scripture. Let's just quickly go through that because I see doubting faces here. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. No, let's do verse 18. Let's do verse 18. Now all things of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Of reconciliation. Now, if, if you don't know what ministry you are into, uh, especially the fact that you get um, confused when other men of God who come around say, I have a ministry of deliverance. I have a ministry of prosperity. I have a ministry of peace. I have a ministry for the young generation. I have a ministry for that. If you don't know your ministry, know that you have a ministry of what? That's first your ministry. Say amen somebody. Shout amen somebody. So, and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Next verse. That is... Now, this is your ministry. This is what you are meant to tell people. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the church to himself. Why, why are you saying no? God, what does the word say there? God was in... Everybody's not talking. Why? And lose your tongues in Jesus' name. Amen. God was in Christ what? So, he was... See, see the tenses there. He was reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses on them. And has committed to us the word of what? Reconciliation. Are, are you still here now? Okay, let's use the NLT version. NLT version. It will make it easier for you to understand. NLT version. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Huh? Is this your God? I'm like, is this Jehovah? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You know, you know Reverend Wally told us one time that the power of the gospel is in the message of the gospel. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? The enthusiasm of the message is in the message. Because good news naturally will spur you to talk. How many of you want to readily say bad news? Yeah, I find it difficult saying something bad. If, if it's not good, I don't want to quickly share. But if it's good news, I just want to say to anybody who comes there, that's what the gospel is. The gospel, the enthusiasm for the gospel is in the gospel. Are you still here? So he says, and he gave us the wonderful message of what? Reconciliation. Next verse. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I love the Amplified, but we don't have time for that. So your reconciliation happened when you... Um, your reconciliation happened when Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. That was when your reconciliation happened. But your coming into that reconciliation all right, happened when you received Christ. So people don't go to hell not because they are not reconciled to God. Or not because... They don't go to hell not because God is not reconciled to them, but they haven't reconciled themselves to God. Do you understand it? All right. Um, I studied carefully and I realized that when a baby is born, um, we're talking about the blood of Jesus. Um, the blood of a baby doesn't come from the mother. Medically speaking, I mean, I'm a medical doctor. There are doctors in the house. The blood in a fetus doesn't come from the mother. It doesn't. The blood can only come from the father. Yeah. So even, I hope you all know what the placenta is. The placenta is that medium of exchange between baby and mother. So, what happens is that nutrients that are in the mother's blood comes into the baby through the placenta. And waste products that are in the baby would have to go out from the baby through the placenta. But there is no one drop of blood from the... It, it can never mix. That's how God has designed things to be so that if a sperm doesn't fertilize an ovum. You would never see a streak of blood. Never. So, only when there is fertilization would you see that there is blood formed. So, a baby cannot have blood if the baby does not have a father. You understand that? You understand that? So, Tying this thing now to the blood of Jesus. Where does the blood of Jesus come from? That's the question. Because if the mother cannot give blood to the baby, where did Jesus' blood come from? That's the question now. Huh? So God had to use technical, scientific, biological, physiologic reasons to show that this, when we shout blood of, blood of Jesus, it's a precious blood. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So the question is, where does that blood come from? Now, when, when, when God in the creation, when God formed Adam, and the Bible says he formed him from the dust and from the ground, yeah? 
and then he breathed into Adam and Adam became a living being or a living soul. Now, I believe personally that it was the breath of God that formed the blood of Adam. Because the Bible says that the life of every flesh is in the blood. So when God put life in that body, it is in that life that the blood formed. Because the life will have to be in the blood. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when sin came, sin corrupted huh? Adam's nature. So for Jesus not to come from the trace of Adam's fallen nature, God will only have to give him the body of Adam, but not the blood. Because if Adam will take, because I kept asking myself, if man has fallen and Jesus is man God, then it means it's a sinful Jesus that saved me. But the Bible says that Jesus is without sin. So how is Jesus without sin? Jesus is without sin because the blood can never come from the mother. So when the Holy Spirit breathed upon Mary, when she said, how can this thing be? Are you getting what I'm saying? She says, how can this thing be? Then the, the angel now said that the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Now that was the second breathing of, on a... So it is that breath now that formed the word of God. That same breath, I mean, that formed the blood of Jesus. So this is the reason why the blood of Jesus is precious. It's precious because it's not human. And it is human in such a way because it's in a flesh. A body you have given to me that I may do your will, O oh God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But, but this blood, so this blood of Jesus that we talk about is divine, incorruptible, undefiled. It's the saving blood of Jesus. You know, if you believe in the virgin birth, if you believe in the virgin birth, and you don't have a problem with the fact that Mary gave birth to Jesus without seeing a man, if you don't believe in that, then you have a big problem with redemption. But if you believe in the virgin birth, you must understand that there was something unique about that blood. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Let me show you something there. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh. Somebody say flesh and blood. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of what? Flesh and blood. Now this is Jesus. He says he himself likewise shed in the same. Now use the King James Version. Because what I'm trying to bring out now you may not catch it. So let me use the King James Version, the, the pure King James Version. For as much then as the children are, part, somebody say partakers, of what? Flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. So he's saying that Jesus took part of the same, which is flesh and blood. The word partaker there means that the children took uh, Basi. <laughs> Come. <laughs> man of God. <laughs> I miss you, man. I miss you. Don't travel too long again. Yeah, don't, don't be too long again. Uh, come, gift. 
Hold this. Hold this too. Hold, hold them. This is flesh. This is blood. The children are partakers of flesh and blood. But Jesus, he himself took part. So, this is Jesus coming now. Wait now. I know he has caught it. I know he has caught it. I know he has caught it. But are you, are you getting this? Jesus took part. The word part there is not partakers. Partaker is a full sharing. But the word part there is a half sharing. So Jesus took part of flesh and blood. It means that he didn't take blood. He only took flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you take which one is your phone? <laughs> Please take your phone. <laughs> Are you getting this? So Jesus now takes part, one part, which is flesh. But the divine blood, the precious blood that saved you, the, the redeemable blood, the sinless blood, the undefiled blood, is the one that came from the breath of the Holy Ghost. So he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him. Oh, glory to God. The Bible says through death he might destroy him. Of course you know that Jesus, Jesus used death to kill deaths. I don't know how else to put it to you, but Jesus used death to destroy death. And Satan did not see that coming because if he knew, the Bible says he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Jesus came with a plan, he came focused and his focus was that he was going to deliver mankind. The only way he would do that is to die. So healing the sick was good. Raising the dead was good. Uh, delivering the oppressed was good. Feeding the 5,000 was good. But the ultimate thing was dying on that cross. You and I have no hope today if he didn't die. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thank you, Basi. I feel your grace, man. Let's clap for them. Even Judas Iscariot, I hope you know he confessed. Yeah? In Matthew chapter 27, verse 4. Matthew, two, let, let me quickly show you that. Matthew chapter 27, verse 4. It says, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. This is somebody who betrayed Jesus. This is him talking now. Now, I hope you know Judas didn't say, I have betrayed an innocent blood. <laughs> from the man to whom was the betrayal from, knew the truth. You see, there is the innocent blood. It's not, it's not like our own. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the innocent blood is the one that came from God. He says, I have betrayed the innocent blood. Judas knew. But I thank God because there is one thing that the blood speaks about. Write this down. The blood speaks of sacrifice and substitution. The blood speaks of sacrifice and substitution. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. It says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Lift one hand up and say, I am not redeemed. Oh, TSB, I can't hear all of you. 
with corruptible things. Keep lifting that hand up. Say, I am not redeemed with corruptible things such as what? Silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. No. Next verse. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Glory to God. That's what redeemed me. Hallelujah. When, when John saw Jesus, says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. See, your redemption is tied to the satisfaction of the sacrifice. Right? Now, when you came, you did not come perfect to present the sacrifice. If not, you don't need a sacrifice. So if you're under the law, what you need is a high priest who is a Jew to rightfully be under the law. That was going to be a joke, but you didn't laugh. You didn't laugh because you didn't catch it. Amen. Can I say it again then pretend to laugh? Can I say that again? If you're under the law, what you need is a high priest with a turban, with a robe, and you must have hired him from Israel to live near or next door to you, so that when you fail, he has to make an atonement. Keep laughing. Keep laughing. He has to make an he has to make an atonement for you. Are you getting this? Being under the law is not a joke. It's bondage. Serious bondage. But you know, our high priest did not come from the lineage of the priests who were of the law. The lineage of that priesthood was Levi. But Jesus is of the tribe of Judah. And like scripture compares him to Melchizedek, he says he's the high priest who lives forever. That means his work does not end. Because the work of the high priest is determined by the life of the priest. For as long as the priest is alive, then he's working. But the moment the priest dies, there has to be a supernatural divine ordination to get another priest to replace him. But guess what? We have a high priest who lives. Who lives forever in the true tabernacle heaven. And that high priest did not, like the other priest, take the blood of another. This high priest took his own blood. Did you know that when Jesus was about to die, he was playing many parts at the same time. He was playing priest. At the same time, he was playing substitute. Do you understand what I'm saying? He was playing king. He was playing priest. And he was playing the lamb. <laughs> at the same time. So, you will see him led as a sheep to the slaughter. That's the sacrifice. They are beating him. They stretch him wide. Crucify him. That's the lamb. But the high priest is the part of Jesus that will say nothing to Pilate so Pilate doesn't change his mind. And he will, he will make sure that the work of crucifixion is done because he's the one leading himself to the cross. So that Jesus, he had to pray so that his reflexes are right. He will not make wrong moves. When Pilate wants to free him, in fact, the wife of Pilate had a dream saying that I, this man is a good man. Free this guy. Free this guy. Honey, free this guy. This guy is a good guy. Free him. 
And then Pilate is like, do you know I have the power to set you free? And you have no power of your own. That was the priest talking. Leading himself to the slaughter. You know, I said something to Pastor Adil today. I said that Jesus came to be used by God. Do you know why I said so? I said to him, who here likes to be used? No, no, used in the context of people using you. Nobody likes to be used. Have you heard someone say, I don't like it when they use me? Have you heard it before? But you know, I found out that if you have that notion, you would hardly be used by God. I know you didn't see that coming. I'm so glad. Amen. If, if, you don't, if you are the type that doesn't want people to use you, it will be hard for God to use you in certain dimensions. Oh, yes. People who don't like to be used hardly get used by God. Uh, because God will not use you by himself. God will use you by using people to use you. I found out. I found out. So I have changed my idea of the thing using thing. Use me. See, I know that what you plan to do is not with good intentions. But I don't mind because of who I become after you finish with me. I don't mind. Do you understand? Peter looked at Jesus and said to Jesus that I will not betray you. And Jesus said, look at you. Three times you will. And you will not even do it with a commendable person. It will be a little girl that you can look at normally by the flesh and say, come on, get out of here. But Jesus knew that Peter will betray him. But one year before that, six months before that, he kept feeding Peter. Are you saying that Jesus did not know that Judas Iscariot would betray him? In fact, up until the point where he was about to go betray Jesus, Jesus called him friend. So, would you have the privilege of knowing that people will use you and be comfortable with them before they use you? Look, see, come to the place where anything and anybody can use you. See, I want you to know that you are about to be used. And then be used. Because it's one thing for you to be used and you find out after that you were used. Huh? But I don't mind knowing that I'm about to be used. And I will understand it that I'm about to be used. But guess what? See, the man, oh goodness God, the man who keeps punching a wall that doesn't fall will be laughed at by many people because he was wasting his time by not bringing down the wall. But if you check the muscles of the man, if you check the muscles of the man afterwards, who the man has become is not the man that was before he punched that wall. So, Jesus came to be used by people. He, he came to his own. 
Did you know what he said to the woman, the Syrophoenician woman? He said to her that, I am not come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So it means just clearly stated that he came only to the house, to his own people, the Jews. But are you saying that Jesus did not know that it was the Jews that would kill him? So learn to put yourself in a place where you are usable. There are some of you, I look at some of you, and I know the people to call when I want to do certain things. Because I know the ones that are readily usable. Say amen, somebody. And I know the ones who are not readily usable. Because the ones who are not readily usable have a disposition. There's an attitude. There is how far you can use me. But if our sacrifice was like that, if this Jesus that we serve was like that, you and I would be nowhere. So when we say Jesus is the ultimate lamb, the ultimate sacrifice, he's the perfect sacrifice. He was the one who came to be used by men and who came to also use men. That's Jesus for you. There were two goats that would be presented to the high priest. The first one is the sacrificial goat. The second one is the scapegoat. The scapegoat is the one to whom the, the priest will take both hands and put on. And he will transfer the guilt of the man who brought the sacrifice on top of the goat. And the innocence of the scapegoat, he will take that innocence and bring it to the bringer of the sacrifice. Do you understand the exchange? So that scapegoat is released after a period of time. And that scapegoat goes to the wilderness. Are you getting it? So Jesus was both the sacrificial lamb and he was, the word scapegoat comes from there. So Jesus was our scapegoat. Why did they, why did they crucify Jesus outside of the camp? Because he scapegoat. Outside of the city walls, that's where the cross was. Because he scapegoat. Scapegoat cannot be found. Scapegoat is banished from Israel. So our sacrifice is both a substitutional work and the sin sacrifice for you and I. Glory to God. And then you see Jesus also taking upon himself the guilt, the iniquities of mankind. Because it is only scapegoats that can do that. But Isaiah foresaw it in the future and said, surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By the stripes of Jesus we are healed. Isaiah saw it in the future that there will be a scapegoat in the form of a human being. Paul also saw it. And he said, he saw it in the past now. He said, he who knew no sin but became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you still here? When you bless Jesus, bless Jesus for these things. Know these things. You are not righteous in yourself. You could not save yourself. 
You could not be in heaven by yourself. You could not be empowered over sin by yourself. Do you understand? You know I said that on Wednesday. That what the blood of Jesus has done is that it frees you from uh, the power of sin and the after effect of sin. You know I said that to you on Wednesday. That what causes sin, I'm not talking about the sin itself now. I'm talking about what causes the sin. Then the sin and what the sin leaves behind. The blood of Jesus cleansed the three of them. What causes the sin is a nature. See, how do I put this? Spirit of God, give me an example. Okay. I prophesy in Jesus' name. Wait now. <laughs> I prophesy in Jesus' name. Don't say amen. Or don't say amen. This, this is an act now. I'm not prophesying. I'm, I'm not in the spirit saying this one now. Don't go to pee again in Jesus' name. See, you can be in the streets and say all the amen in the world when you are pressed. <laughs> amen. When you are pressed, the prophecy will lose power. <laughs> Have you heard of lose God prophecy? <laughs> when prophecy lose God do you know why that prophecy cannot work do you know why because it's not because the man of God was not anointed but it is nature you don't fight nature you do what is natural to you to do Shando Bohoya. so when it's time to pee you will pee, not by prayers, by just... <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Look, you will be yourself. You don't need to be anointed. Sorry, I'm using a gross example. Amen. That's what the Spirit of God is laying in my heart. Amen. Why? Because it is nature. But if I say to you that from tomorrow... You will grow wings and you begin to fly all over Abuja. You don't need car begin. It's not, it's not natural to you. So you don't need to pray for it. So when the blood of Jesus came, it dealt with the nature of sin. So sin is not natural to you. Yes, sir. When you sin, if you ask yourself, something is telling you this thing, I'm not trying. I'm not trying. You know. Do you know why you are having the conflict? Because you are, bo you are born again. Yeah. But when you were not saved, the nature was there. So the action was natural. Are you following this? But when you get saved, the action is not natural. So that's why you are having conflict in your spirit. So Romans chapter 7 tells you the difficulty... Of the believer who is trying to live the godly life by himself. That you have conflict. Paul says that the thing that I want to do, I don't see myself doing. This is Paul. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. But he moves to Romans chapter 8 and says, but therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Now, how do you start a chapter with therefore? 
Because verse chapter 7 was saying something that if you think you are struggling uh, as a believer because of certain things and you feel you are not saved, you are wrong. But those struggles are natural because you are saved. So whenever you sin, it's not natural to you. So you have to stop it. You don't understand what I'm saying. The blood of Jesus dealt with the factory. Dealt with the bakery that produces the bread. Then the blood of Jesus also cleansed you from the thing itself. Then the blood of Jesus deals with the residue of sin. What is the residue of sin? Guilt. So he says that the blood of bulls and goats will sanctify and purify the flesh. But the blood of Jesus cleanses the conscience. What does the blood of Jesus do? What it does is that it doesn't only free you from the factory. By dying, you know, you are married to that nature. You can only be divorced by death, right? Okay, so what happens is you are married to law. The soul that sinned shall die. Are you still here? The soul that sinned shall die. Are you getting this? You are married to the law. The law is married to you. So if you sin, you are dead. Hmm. The wages of sin, man of God, is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. You didn't read that one. You only stopped at the wages of sin is death. But you didn't continue the next phrase. Same verse that says the gift. Is it the same verse? Same verse. But you didn't continue in that same verse that says, but the gift of God is eternal life. I know the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus died. Hmm? So, he's not talking about my death now. He's talking about the death of another who substituted himself for me. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, you are married to law. If you are under the law, you are not born again. You are dead if you sin. Hellfire, straight. Somebody say straight. So how does Jesus free you now? You know what Jesus does? Jesus comes to you, but he, because the law is of God and the law is holy, he can't touch the law. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. The law is holy. The law is pure. The law is of God. So, Jesus could not do anything to the law, but he could do something to you. So, what Jesus does is that he comes to you, makes sure that you die with him. So that your divorce papers are signed with the law. So, you are no longer married to the law again. Are you still here? You are no longer married to the law again. So by legal rights, you are free from the law. So when the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you are not under the law, but under grace. So when you say grace people, they are teaching people how to sin. You don't know grace. No, it is law that empowers sin. You are, you, sin shall not have dominion. Over you because you are not under the law. Why can sin not have dominion over you? Because you are under grace. So, Pastor Phil explained this thing to me. Like I always say, I dash you one million naira. Amen. This week, this week, this week. And I say, man of God, just enjoy yourself. Hey, Shade Yada. Because there's many in my account, amen. I just that's you say, man of God, come, just take this one million. Go and play. When you finish, come back for more. 
Glory to God. Now, I have a question for you. As I gave you that money, and you saw me in the course of the week, would you want to do anything to hurt me? See, I gave you a gift. I gave you a gift. You have the gift. Would you want to do anything to hurt me? Because you, you know how much you needed that gift. Jesus is the gift. You could not be righteous. He became righteousness for you. He gave you that. So, are you trying to say because he gave you righteousness, you now want to keep on sinning because he gave you righteousness? It's because you don't understand. You don't insult someone who gave you something. You know they do like that. I mean, feel at home does not mean take television. Amen. <laughs> Is it not so? <laughs> Is it not so? Feel at home not mean take television. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout Jesus. Hey, uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the substitutionary work. So when we celebrate God, we know where we are celebrating Him. So what you need to do is come to the place of understanding of your deficit without Christ. The more you understand that, the more appreciative you get of what he did on the cross for you. That's the truth. I'm going to continue this matter on Wednesday. You know, I said speaking blood or the blood of sprinkling. Please, as you are praying, stop sprinkling our roads with the blood of Jesus. No, the road is not for the blood. The car is not, I cover my children with the blood. That's not what the blood is for. If I, in the first place, it's not in your work. It's not your work to sprinkle. I will remove my suit for this one. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, you know, it was the high priest that sprinkled the blood on the altar. It was the high priest. It wasn't the person who brought the animal for sacrifice. No, it wasn't. It was the high priest that you came to that took the blood that the blood of the sacrifice you brought and sprinkled it on the altar. So it was Jesus who took his blood and is the one doing the sprinkling. Not you. I sprinkled the I sprinkled the blood. Which where did you see the blood? How did your hand get there? How did your hand get there? So you want you 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 which where how? You touched the blood. You now started doing this. Are you serious? We have a high priest who is doing that for us. The high priest who intercedes on our behalf. The high priest who talks to God on our behalf. Apart from the shed blood, the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That's the blood that we have. The blood is still speaking today. Are you getting it? So when you come and you look weak, do you know what the blood is saying? The blood is saying, 
Jesus died for this. Jesus died for this. Father, avenge my death for the goodness of this one who just came. That's what the blood is saying. When you fall into sin, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Do you know what it means when he says cleanses? He says cleanses because it is an open fountain. Do you understand? The blood has not clotted. It's still pouring. This blood that we're talking about. Zechariah chapter 13. You see that it, verse 1, is an open fountain. If, if you have it quickly, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, in that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David. It says, in that day, a fountain shall be opened. Do you know what it means when the fountain is opened? You have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to the holy Jerusalem, to the sprinkling of blood. Hey! To the sprinkling of blood. The blood that speaketh is a bloody mountain. Bloody fountain. Remember when that song says there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. Is there anybody here who needs healing? There's a flowing fountain with healing. Healing. So what you're asking God to do for you has been provided already. The shed blood brought you into Mount Zion. Then you, you, you have facilities in Mount Zion to use. One of the facilities is the sprinkling of the blood. Glory to God. And I hope you know the blood also speaks victory. Somebody shout victory in this place. The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Can I speak over somebody here? I prophesy upon you that everything that brought you down, everything that ridiculed you, everything that made you feel less of yourself, the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel, that blood is bringing victory your way. I prophesy victory your way. I prophesy victory your way. blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Somebody saying to me, Pastor Phil, you have no idea. My future seems to be bleak. My future seems to be uncertain. My future seems to be unsure. But I have good news for somebody here. God who knows how to compress time is about to compress time in your favor. Thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor Zion the set time. Is come. I feel God about turning somebody's situation around. I don't know who you are, but God is about to turn your life around. If you are the one I'm talking about, lift your hands and say hallelujah, somebody. Shut up. We've come on to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. An innumerable company of angels. The spirits of just men made perfect. Why do you have confidence? Because you are righteous. No sin can have dominion over me. Nothing can condemn me. I have power over everything. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory 
that overcomes the world, even our faith. I want you to shout victory on the top of your voice. Lose yourself and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Pray in the Holy Ghost. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.